All right, Basil Abarub. Hey. I finally got you on the show, man. It's I been know. a long time coming. Yeah, it's been uh, half uh, half of the Corona lifespan. Fucking Corona, man. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for Corona, I wouldn't have even started this whole thing, to be honest. So I'm kind of glad that Corona happened. If it wasn't for Corona, there's no way I would be sitting here on a podcast having you on. Um, I don't know if you had the chance to see like the previous episode with Khalid Talhoun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think the one with Basil uh, sorry, Talal Tabar mm. on, on Bitcoin. Have you seen that one? No, because uh, at the time, you know, all the way back then, I was not really interested in uh, in Bitcoin at all or any of this crypto stuff until recently, actually. Man. So uh, <coughs> I don't think anybody has been. I mean, I was dabbling around with this whole thing. Yeah. I actually started, like I got into it, let's say, three years ago when Talal raised his uh, like $30 million in an ICO. Uh, which is not exactly like uh, like giving out shares. It's giving out coins. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I only got into it this year, and what a fucking year it's been, man. Financially, it's like, you know, between trading stocks, trading crypto, and, you know, don't even get me started with the work, company, personally. It's been a fucking crazy year, man, on in all a, fronts. In a good way. And a bad way, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, many, in many ways, the bad yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I mean, I mean, so, so, so basically, there's a lot more than just podcasting that you started doing after the corona. What else have I done? Uh, Bitcoin trading, oh, yeah, well, making money, hustling. Lo- losing a lot of money too. Man. I mean, I have to say, no, no, no <laughs> You're joke. You're gambling. I'm gambling. And then it's, I got to say, like, there's one thing, and I, I probably have to dedicate a whole episode for this whole thing. Is <laughs> about what? About, like, the underworld of trading and how, you know, compared to a casino, um, it's like, you know, the the god mode and the level, the VIP room of Aria in, in Vegas should be, like, mm-hmm. a stock trading and a crypto trading uh, like, yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I studied finance, right? Uh, and uh, I'm not in the finance uh, industry. I've left it. <laughs> I graduated in 2007. And then the, um, the fucking financial crisis hit. Yeah, man. I you know? know, what a bad time to, <laughs> to, just been a to, finance to decide <laughs> to study finance because that's where the trend was. Yeah, you know, the past uh, 20 years since the 90s, there was an explosion in this industry, yeah. which led to the financial crisis. So in a way, I am a child of, uh, of, a, of a financial bubble. I went into the education of it. And I actually, I don't know if you got like laid off. I got laid off in the financial crisis. Ah, no, I didn't get laid off. No, and, and not, that's not one of those. I'm not a Lehman now. Left the office from the building in a box. Uh, this was literally happening. Guy. Yeah, you can see them in like Wall Street, right? Yeah. Um, not exactly Wall Street, but um, <clears throat> it was actually for me, uh, ironically, I ended up getting a job with Carney at a higher like level, which I wouldn't have gotten to probably if, um, if I didn't get laid off because I wasn't planning to apply outside of my company at the time. So I actually ended up getting a better position a month later, better pay, and smack in the middle of the financial crisis when I've just been like fired for the first time in my life, only yeah. a year and a half into my career. Yeah. Um, so the irony of how sometimes these things can actually like blessings in disguise. You know, you don't know what's coming at you, and then before you, like Corona is, is a good example. Of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, h- here's the thing. I mean, I was in banking when the financial crisis was happening, and we were a small team in Abu Dhabi managing. About three, I think it was uh, uh, 1.2 billion USD. Assets under management. Assets under management. So staring at the screen and it's all bleeding red. That's, I felt that. Like that was my, my, my first, I made a lot of money the first year I worked because the financial crisis didn't arrive here until later. Yeah. 
Uh, so there was good bonuses. I was living. I lived that one, one year. One one year of uh, of a, of, a, of a finance guy. The stereotypical life. <laughs> Banker mm-hmm. making cash. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. So I'm glad I experienced that, and then I'm glad I also experienced the crisis. All of that. I mean, the biggest crisis in a century, basically. Yeah. I experienced it as well. Yeah. So I. Uh, Which one hit you harder, like on a on a personal level or professionally? I guess we're all, it's, we're all getting screwed left, right, and center in both cases. Yeah. Um, but like, which one, like, did you feel like impacted you? I guess I, I'm gonna go ahead and assume Corona, maybe because of just like yeah, look, the social distancing and all that. Yeah. Look, man, I um, I I think I think that this, you know, the the financial crisis and the Corona. Are basically the same thing, but just with different feathers. Yeah. You know, uh, of course, when the financial crisis hit, we were 23. Yeah. You know, now at 35, you're 35 as well. Yeah, right? 36 recently. We went to school together. <laughs> True, <we laughs> same grade. Yeah. Now, in the same band. Now at uh, now at 35, you've been through a lot more. So. You know, you, you you get a little bit more experience, a little bit more wisdom, you know, as you go along. Um, I, 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 I think that, you know, we'll be lucky if we, if we, if we can say that, yeah, I've, I've, I've grown wiser yeah. in a way. Um, some people don't go through that at all, you know. That's why they have these, uh, I assume, this, <laughs> that's why they have these midlife crises. Um, that you know, our Arabi will like Jahl al Arbain. You know, at, it usually happens at 45 when when the man blows up his entire life, leaves his wife, leaves his kids, yeah, goes yeah. through a divorce, uh, quits his job, decides to do uh, you know, follow his dreams, move to the Philippines, and you know, marry a Filipino girl or something. It's the classic story. Any- It's the classic Western man, or let's say the classic modern man's. Story and actually, really. so one thing I also uh, specifically on that topic that I recently uh, like learned is that most suicides in the U.S. and which is like I think like the epidemic of the pandemic of suicide, let's call it that, because there's a lot of heroin addiction and then a lot of suicides in the U.S. Um, most of it are these white men in their 40s, um, Joe, yeah. uh, according to Joe Rogan episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I've read that uh, as well, and it's 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 a fact. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, if you got a team of fact checkers around, <laughs> hey Jamie, pull up this. Uh, if this is a Joe Rogan, it's like, uh, yeah. hey Jamie, pull up the number of statistics of suicides in the U.S. between 2000 and 2020. Kager, yeah, you'll never see Kager. And then his extremely important guest <laughs> is waiting for the answer to be proven right or or, or debunked <laughs> or, or debunked. But usually he's got he's got. Yeah. He's got some pretty quality guests, that's you know. True. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, the 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 crisis, both of them were both were both uh, of of the same of the same effect on us. But just that, uh, luckily, we are a bit more wise. And one of the things that I um, that I luckily uh, went through was this episode of enlightenment, in a way, you know, um, and it happened. Uh, after my 30s so you know so uh, it enabled me to understand myself better and i think that one of the one of the most important things uh, in anybody's life is to know thyself right um there's so many ways you can you can do it 
but the important is the important thing is for you to go one step or two steps or ten steps beyond the surface of who you are, and that will enable you to face any kind of crisis, whether it's Corona, pandemic, financial crisis, meltdown of the global economy. Yeah, you know, and um, one of the things that um, that uh, that I learned is that there are there are a few universal truths, a few universal facts that are not just uh, uh, they're not just shining a light on me personally as a, as a, as Basil as whatever it is I represent in my life, you know, but on everybody else, you know. Yeah. And um, one of these things is that uh, is that we are obsessed with control. Yeah. We're obsessed with control. Yeah. We need to control outcomes. We need to control incomes. We need to control relationships. We need to control our day. We need to control our careers, our money. Um, but, 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 but most, most importantly, we, we want to control outcomes, mm. you know? So when a slap in the face hits you um, a couple of times, or, you know, some, for some people even more, yeah. they uh, eventually, I think, will come, to, will come to realize that, you know, you cannot control everything mm -hmm. and you have to detach yourself from everything. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that's what they say, the uh, happiness uh, is expectations minus reality uh, equation, right? So <clears throat> when you try to control things, you set an expectation. And so the more you believe in that expectation to be the, the, the objective truth of how things should go, uh, the higher, harder the fall if uh, you don't meet that expectation. Happiness is <laughs> below zero in that equation, you know? Yeah. Um, but this sticks, like I... Letting go is, I mean, we could say like we could be sitting here right now and be like, it's easy for us to to talk about letting go because you know we are a bit privileged compared to people who the anxiety to to control things is uh, you know is real, like uh, making ends meet, like ch living check to check, uh, having a big family and all of that. But even there, I think you're right. Is that um, uh, the point? Is that there's so much you could do when an earthquake can happen, a corona could hit. Um, you're, you're you see your boss dies and you you take his role like anything could happen that could move things around in a way that you didn't expect regardless of what your situation is in life yeah yeah i i was um i'm i'm reading a lot of alan watts uh, recently you know and um you know uh, if if you haven't read any alan watts i i think that you should really get into it what an entertaining enlightening read he's some um He's uh, basically he's uh, a British guy in the fifties. You know, uh, he, he got really big in the seventies. Uh, it was by the end of his his career, he was giving lectures all around the world, especially in California back in the seventies. But before that, he was uh, basically a um, he's a, he was a pastor, a Christian pastor, and then he got um, interested in Buddhism and uh, the, the Hinduism as well. And uh, he moved to India, and he learned, and he moved around the, the world, and he studied indigenous cultures and all that stuff. Mm. And, um, and I, was, I was listening to one of his lectures, and he mentions a story uh, which, is, uh, which is actually very, I think, relevant to our situation now. Uh, our situation now in terms of the pandemic or even in terms of our personal lives, you know. People get divorced. People lose uh, family members. People get 
severely ill. And um, the story helped me when I was going through a rough time a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a story about a Chinese farmer um, that owns uh, a, bu- a bunch of wild horses. And uh, one day, the, one, of the, one of the wild horses, that the best one he has, escaped, ran away into the forest. And um, the neighbors came around that evening, and they were like, um, oh, well, isn't that too bad? And the wise Chinese farmer said, hmm, maybe. A few days later, the, the horse comes back with 10 wild horses. He brought 10 back with him. The guy is an alpha male, you know. (laughs) That's why he's the best. Anyway, he brought the the 10 horses back and uh, the the neighbors came around that evening and they were like, uh, wow, isn't that fabulous? Isn't that fantastic? And the the Chinese farmer said, maybe. You know, (laughs) he he did not confirm, he did not deny. A few days after that, his son broke his leg, fell off the, one of the horses, while he, the wild ones, while he was trying to tame the new ones that came, and broke his leg. And uh, the neighbors came around that evening, and they said, oh, isn't that too bad? <laughs> and again, the Chinese farmer said, maybe. <laughs> A few days after that, the, uh, the, the Chinese army came to, uh, to take young men to, to, to fight in the war. But they didn't take the son because of his broken leg. Uh (laughs) So the neighbors came around that evening and they said, wow, isn't that great? And then the Chinese farmer said, maybe. "Maybe." (laughs) So the story really struck with me because um, there's a universal truth to it. And it's even written in the Quran. uh, Maybe I I don't know the the, the, the ayah uh, correctly, probably. But (laughs) Exactly. You know. Uh, basically, and they always, you know, they always, yeah. Yeah. So they always say that, um, especially in our culture, you know, you know, (laughs) which is funny because sometimes you're talking to like an older person, and and you know they know nothing about Quran, for example. This is, but they know this one. It's a good one. I love it. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it it is also uh, in the Bible. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've 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 seen it. I've seen it. I can't remember how how it's uh, you know how it's said, Um, but you know everything is a maybe. Really, everything is a maybe, and you cannot attach or label. Yeah, man. Uh, you cannot label an event in your life as good or bad, and you cannot assign judgment. Yeah, yeah. because because everything that happens in your life, like the global financial crisis, the pandemic, and all the devastation, the catastrophes that it has caused the world and also your personal life, and you probably know people that yeah. maybe you know got got deeply affected. You know, yeah. maybe not you, but you know somebody within your second, third degree. I, ha- I do. You know, you know we have so, three fr- three of our friends' fathers passed away from Corona, and uh, yeah, I've heard, I've uh, heard stories. May they rest in peace. Yeah, it's like it's it's mm. when it starts to be that close around you, like three fathers or far- close friends all in the same week or month rather. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but the, but the 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 solace that you'll find, right? The solace that you'll find uh, when you understand that life does not work linearly. Yeah. So in your mind, your mind works in a linear way. It's an analytical tool. That's all it does. It calculates. So 
what we're used to is to understand that there's one door after another door after another door. Yeah. So if you, if you open one door uh, and it's bad, it's bad news, a bad event, something like that, that means that the door after it is going to be bad because your mind is, is, a, is, a, is a monkey mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it needs to expand itself and, and, and it break out of its box. Dude, exactly. And I have to say, like, one, one thing that happened specifically in Corona, and you, are, you were firsthand uh, involved in this because I came to you and thank God you were around at the time um, to give me some advice on it because, you know, uh, aside of the fact that we've been friends for so long and, and all of that, but you also went through a similar situation. So, um, but when, during the Corona, during the lockdown, uh, you know, the whole thing that you hear about couples, uh, you know, having, you know, the relationships that are um, already, let's say, going through tough times can get much, much tougher, and even the normal relationships would. Um, and so when I was going through a bit of a tough time, and thank God things are great now with my partner, when I came to you, like, trying, wondering, what, how should I, like, you know, there are certain times when, do I write an email, do I call, do I not call, do I not email? Like, there was all that control that I was trying to look at yeah. to fix things. And you never gave me any advice on you should write that email, you should not write that email. You, 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 your, your only advice was don't try to control it. Like let, just like let go of the of, of trying to control things and let whatever happens happens, and and it's gonna be good. Whatever, like almost this level of optimism. And that's exactly what happened. And that's like probably it's, it's not optimism. But yeah, carry on. It, well, it, it ha- I had to see it as optimism because otherwise I would have not been able to control it to stop controlling it. So in my head, it was like the positive. It's it's empowerment. Yeah, it? it's empowerment. Yeah, you know when you when you let go, when you understand how detachment works, and uh, you m- start mastering the the art of detachment. Yeah, you know it takes a it takes a long time. I'm not saying I'm a master of it at all, but right. I'm 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 getting to understand it more and more and deeper and deeper, which 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 led me into reading. A bunch of books on philosophy, and basically that's that's one of the things, one of the main pillars that they discuss, you know, yeah. um, because because detachment is is mainly detachment from your ego, right? Um, and that's what happens when you know we live we live in such a material world, right? And and uh, you know the modern man that 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 we are, you know, Western modern sort of, you know. Where uh, where um, we have such inflated egos, it's ridiculous. And even 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 for Arab men, uh, you know, coming where where we come from, that's a maximum. I mean, the pride. our egos are ext- men and women mm. uh, are extremely inflated, and that's because we grew up on the concept of control, uh, tribalism uh, as well. It's all a form of control. That's true. You know, that's the, true. the tribe, the religion. It's all control. And, mm. and I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's unique to the Arab man. It's, it's universal, <laughs> but mainly in the monotheistic religions, right. you know, uh, Judaism, uh, Islam, uh, and Christianity. Yeah. So uh, the, minute that, so the minute that you start to break away these beliefs that you had, mm. that you thought are your core beliefs, because somebody handed you a piece of paper with those beliefs on them. Yeah at a young age and told you to believe in them and you, did nev- you never questioned. Everybody right? around you was also believing in them too, right? That's validating. So that's it. It's, yeah. it's, it's everybody is, is, society is basically a form of controlling the individual, mm. right? Uh, it, where, where we come from. So 
uh, we're used to controlling things. We need to, uh, we need to have guaranteed outcomes. And uh, we live mainly in our minds. We don't really experience the world. We don't experience life. Yeah. We don't experience our bodies kind of thing. Unless, unless you work you know, more towards it. Because you're always thinking and you're feeling guilty. And um, you're anxious you know, yeah. because you want to control something. Uh, guilt is also a, a form of control because you want to uh, feel... Uh, when you feel guilty, you're basically trying, trying to change to the outcome. Or... You're trying to console yourself, yeah. you know, uh, so that you can feel, <laughs> you can feel better and, 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 uh, and, and more in control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but you, don't, you fight it. You fight so many feelings. But there's one thing, because there's a, one form of control that I was curious to kind of understand. Um, so I, I came across this term called equanimity when I started getting into like mindfulness. And I never actually got properly into mindfulness, but that was one thing that caught my attention. So equanimity is kind of like the, it's probably not the exact accurate definition, but something about like trying not to control things and sure. being indifferent mm -hmm. to the kind of shit that goes around in your life and what you can control and what you can't. And and it was like discussed that people should be should aim to become equanimous or equanimity should be the, the mode of operation basically, and I struggle to understand how um, it goes hand in hand with things like aspiration and drive, and um, this emotion to change the world and improve the world, which requires a little bit of I gotta control this or I gotta achieve this. Um, you know, there's no um, champion in, in sports or an entrepreneur that didn't get anxious and it's because of that drive and that kind of need to control that they achieved great things so I'm actually constantly talking to people who are in this form of like mindfulness or healing or whatever it is try to understand how to reconcile these two how can you still be driven hope the dog is not like uh, is he cool? yes <laughs> he shows he's, up every now and then beautiful see if I love him. that I love this <laughs> I love this kid <laughs> He's in the logo. I don't know if you can. Uh, well, he's yeah. gone now. Here he is. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. see his nose. Yeah, we're, we're chilling. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I have no idea how can you how can a person both be driven and, and aspirational and do like you know what I mean and yeah. still not be be willing not to control things. Like, have you ever thought about that? Can you can you reconcile these two? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I think I can. And and uh, the simple uh, one word answer for that, but it's you know you can write volumes on it is authenticity. Mm. This is what it is because, you know, if you look at the giants and the greats, as you mentioned, you know, yeah. Uh, and for some reason, Michael Jordan popped up. Uh, sure. Did you mention Michael Jordan? No, no, he's definitely on top of that list. Yeah, yeah. And yesterday I was watching a Netflix uh, documentary, The Defiant Ones. Yeah. Uh, it's a four part uh, documentary uh, about um, Jimmy Iovine, Jimmy Irvine, the, the producer uh, in the 70s who also teamed up with. Uh, Dr. Dre, oh, I don't know. Um, and there was uh, who's who's also the rise of Dr. Dre is an insane story. Yeah, and then they made Beats, the headphones. Oh, okay. And they sold it for uh, three billion to uh, Apple. To Apple. Yeah. You know the the the, the world's first first hip hop artist billionaire that 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 created. So the documentary is about that and um, uh, beyond the. Smoking the joints and like you know banging them hoes and shit like that, <laughs> and and getting getting jailed by the police. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of hard work, man. Yeah, a lot of hard work. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. And uh, uh, these people, uh, just like Steve Jobs, mm. you know, that I'm talking about the the legends, right? The top Elon 100 Musk. of humanity, or sure, at least yeah. modern humanity. Yeah, those Pop guys. Achievers. Those guys were. 
living their authentic selves. Right. Right? And that's what allowed them to become this successful. You know? Um, when you are trying to copy someone else and not live according to your authentic self, yeah. which takes a lot of time, like we said, know thyself. Mm. It's, it's, it's a lifelong process. Right? But um, we... We, we don't go through that uh, exercise, yeah. uh, especially in our culture, yeah. because we are meant to grow up in a certain way, and there are milestones in our lives that we have to hit, and then you die. Yeah, so you're not living your, your true self in that sense. And when you try to control things, then you, you know, you're, you're going to get slapped. In the, in the well, I mean, no, when you're trying to control things then... Uh, and, and things don't go your way, you start, uh, you start throwing your toys out of the crib. Yeah, yeah, you throw a tantrum. Right, you yeah. throw a tantrum. You're angry, you're jealous, you're envious, you're, uh, right. you're anxious, right? But when you start understanding who, your authentic self, right? Yeah. And then going back to your question, I mean, yeah. I'm building up to that uh, ambition. How do you, how yeah. do you reconcile that, you know? Uh, detachment and ambition, Yeah. right? But... When you learn how to live according to your authentic self, according to who you truly, truly are at the core, right? At the core, not yeah. what you think you are, yeah. not what you think you should be. Yeah. Doctor, Mohandis, uh, you know, Muhami. Uh, inshallah, about man shufu ladak, you know. <laughs> this exactly is basically that, what yeah. cat- this is what categorizes uh, the Arab life, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You graduate from high school, about the al kibire. You know, if, you know. We, we look we look forward to uh, your uh, your university graduation. <laughs> Everybody tells you society. Then when you graduate from the big uh, uh, from from the big university, uh, they're they're like yeah. You know, you graduated. Now we want to dance at your wedding. Oh, min halal ala. If you wanted to go do your PhD. Oh yeah, or that yeah. And then uh, and then um, at the wedding they come and tell you Yeah. You know, and when you have a kid, they say yeah. when he gets when he graduates from high school. Do you see the pattern here? It's a bit fucked up. Yeah. yeah. No. Sorry. By the way, the dog literally knocked off the camera. <laughs> he's the, the, he's the man. Lewis, he's gone now. And and so yeah, it's it's. Uh, but I think it's. I mean, I think we. Uh, I mean, I, I would rather have my. Um, uh, the wishes that come my way be about getting degrees and all that, but like haram women have it bad in the Arab world with the whole marriage thing, you know, like yeah, the, man. like it's, the, it's horrible. You know, there's 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 an actual like uh, um, it, it almost becomes you know ingrained in you disappointment to your family if you're not getting married. But fortunately, it's getting better. By the way, do you think it's still the way? No, when, it's not getting any better. It's not getting any better. Yazan. Yeah, it's not. It's not getting any better. So, like, do you think that we still live in a time when, like, a woman might feel that maybe to her parents a disappointment that um, up until now she hasn't gotten married or she might be, like, a burden on her yeah. parents? Like, it, like, that's how they would be seen at one point in, in history. Like, women, unmarried women in a family are, like, 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 you know, a burden, right? I mean, um, I don't, do you think we still have that? I mean, yeah. I'm talking about Jordan and, and, like, more West Amman here. And I'm talking, uh, like, a little bit of our... Because if if it's still there in in our kind of like uh, background, then it's a problem. Because like then absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it a is. problem anyway. Even I if mean, it's still I mean, there how, everywhere, but if it, if it's so bad that it's still like that for us, then it's really a big problem. How many know? times do you hear about, uh, uh, let's say, a rich Muslim family and a rich Christian family, uh, two children want to marry each other and and they don't allow it? Yeah. 
Well, that's that's, yeah. that's I mean it, yeah. If 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 it's if 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 the question is if we valued the authentic self, the, the authentic individual, right? Uh, uh, we will not have uh, these these issues. Yeah. You know. Uh, of course, religion is important. I'm not saying. Uh, Let's go have orgies uh, every weekend, and you know it's yeah. all good. And let's uh, you know uh, let's let's steal, let's uh, do crime yeah. or whatever. You yeah. know, you know, it's still shame is important. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, we we because because we have all like all those levels of control. Yeah. Then uh, then 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 the the person cannot become who he wants to become, right? And if, if he can't become who he wants to become, then he's, he becomes someone else, right? right? So he, he's trying to be a good banker. Yeah. He's trying to be a good businessman. Yeah. He's trying to be a good engineer. But deep down inside, maybe he doesn't give a fuck about engineering, yeah, right? Yeah. Maybe, he, maybe he wanted to... Uh, you know, uh, play music or do acting or write, you know, right. or become a journalist. And he or she never managed to even explore that because they never even had the capacity to explore it. Exactly, but they always, but they always feel like there's some, they always go, they go about their lives feeling like there's something missing. Yeah. Right? And I think we have the luxury uh, being, you know, we, we, were, we went to college uh, in, a, in a foreign place. Uh, a lot of us did not come back to Amman. Sure. Uh, to, to work because we 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 could we could we have access to the world, so we are privileged in that way, because uh, it allowed us to see the world differently. Had if had we stayed in Amman, we would be a shit show. Sure, you know. I mean, no offense to anybody who who stayed in Amman. I'm sure they grew in their own fantastic ways. I'm not saying that this is the way to get to get out of Amman. This is not the message that I'm sending. Right. The message that I'm sending is that wherever you live, you need to understand yourself. Sure. And you need to understand. Who, who you are at an authentic level so that you understand what you love, yeah. so you understand what you're interested in, so you understand the kind of woman, uh, for example, for men, or, 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 or men for men, or who knows, man? Yeah. Like, you need to, to understand what kind, of, what kind of partner attracts you so that you can eventually make the huge decision of, of, of getting married, for mm. example. That's, a, that's an insanely complex Decision. Yeah, not the fact that they just come from a certain family or they have a. These are shortcuts. Yeah, these are shortcuts yeah. handed down to you because this is a lot of our what they call the common common wisdom. You know, uh, we've thought about it before, so you don't have to th- think about it, kind of, kind of thing. Yeah, just do it. You yeah. know, you know, we're handing you the knowledge. <laughs> no, you know, this is not this is not the time for conventional wisdom. Yeah, you know, if we want to live a full life. Especially in the shit that's happening yeah. right now, you know. And this whole thing about living your true self, like it goes both ways, right? So either you're living a path down a path that you did not choose for yourself or that was dictated for you, and somehow you got hijacked into it, and you never got to explore who you really are, and that's one miserable way of living your life, uh, which which is we've all somehow one way or another, by the way, have experienced. Uh, some managed to might escape of it; others are still stuck in it one way or another, but. You know, nobody's, I think, completely liberated from having experienced that. Not even close. But then the second version of that, which, which also mm-hmm. leads to the same outcome of ingenuity in your life, is um, when, for whatever reason, you turn out to be good at one thing, and you, you don't even like it, but you're good at it, right? And, and it's, it's, it's almost like you're built for this, but you don't even like it. And that causes, like, imposter syndrome, where 
you might start to question why you're even successful as something that can can seem easy to you, um, and that you're not uh, even you're not even deserving of the success you might be getting from it because you don't even you know you you you, you must like it at some level, uh, or using it as a mean for uh, you know other feelings that you might be trying to experience you know success and so on. But at some level, you either don't feel like you deserve that success or that you're not even built for this, or you want to do something something else, but you're good at what you're doing. And, and imposter syndrome like is a real thing. Um, Absolutely, but and, but and this is a form of ingenuity because you're not living what you cho- what you are. Okay, not you're not living what you are controlling uh, yourself to live, but also it doesn't seem to click with what you feel is your true self. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, uh, both both. We didn't cheers, by the way. So can we cheers? Because I think this is a traditional thing Th- for the show. Thank you, Azan, for this <laughs> delicious cucumber water. <laughs> <laughs> this apple cider. Uh, yeah. Sorry, you were saying. Uh, yeah, both both ways, whether you are uh, really good at something, but you don't feel like you deserve it because it came so easy to you, right. which is a very rare right. thing, yeah. you know? Uh, I'm t- we're talking professionally, but by the way, it, it can apply to any kind of existence, like yeah, even being a mother or a father. You know, you need to parent your, your, your children authentically, yeah. basically. Um, but, it, but applying to ambition... Um, both require a lot of hard work. Sure, but you know it's not like if you if you if you take the path of doing what you love, uh, it's gonna all come easy. You need to work hard, as hard. But the emotional turmoil that you go through is not as bad, you know, uh, because on uh, you know when you're when you're when you're doing something that you don't want to do. You know, because of one reason or another, even those people like the the imposter syndrome people, mm. you know, why are they trapped in that uh, in that uh, oh, yeah. label? Like if if you're uh, you know Kurt Cobain and yeah. he feels like an imposter because he doesn't enjoy the music and he's exploding uh, of fame, uh, he could he could just leave. But something about how he led he's in a prison of his right. own mind, right? And uh, no wonder the the band is called Nirvana, which is in you know uh, enlightenment in Buddhism. You know, this is the uh, basically um, state where you reach Nirvana is when you are liberated, uh, and um, uh, with 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 uh, with with Kurt Cobain, uh, he was. He was a bit. Uh, he could not escape that that role of Kurt Cobain from Nirvana, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, um, as as long as as long as we as long as we know how to uh, es- es- escape the, the the prison of our minds, basically, uh, that's when uh, just yeah. You said you recently. Hold on, I had to go get some water. You said that you recently also read up about the uh, suicide, the yeah. suicide letter of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I, I also need to get some water. Hold on. <laughs> so, um, I. Uh, that's one thing that I. You know, every time I, I, I wonder about this Twenty Seven Club, right? All these artists that were successful and were. Was it 27 years old? For some reason, that's when they all kill themselves. So Amy Winehouse, Jimi Hendrix, um, but even like Robin Williams, who is uh, who, who would never strike me as someone that 
um, would would be miserable enough or depressed to kill himself. Like, you know how much fucking guts it takes to like shoot yourself or I don't know, throw, like, jump off a cliff or whatever. Every person has a different poison. And usually it's the most, like a lot of those successful people. The other day I read about this 22-year-old girl from Stanford, mm. engineering student, uh, I think silver medalist, Olympics, 22 years old, man. Like how, how long, how much has this girl seen um, to have accumulated enough um, depression from her success to kill herself? Uh, and she, all, all she's experienced is success, you know, at 22 years old and still killed herself. Yeah, that's, that's mind-boggling to us because... When we look at you know this this poor soul from Stanford or uh, Kurt Cobain or Robin uh, Williams, uh, they all had success. Even Robin Williams was a comedian. Uh, Kurt Cobain in, uh, inspired people. He changed so many lives, you know. Um, but um, even even though they had all the success in the world, they had all the love in the world. Even they still um, feel lost, and that's because. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for addiction and genetic uh, genetic depression, you know, from like, it runs in the family kind of thing. Predisposition. But, yeah, yeah, there, there, are, there are definitely biological factors as well as, you know, you're more prone to depression, you're more prone to addiction, alcoholism, all that stuff. Uh, but uh, there's... We, 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 we sometimes... Um, don't really check with ourselves what are uh, what what is in our hearts kind of thing yeah we just we just uh, we just experience a lot of uh, trauma uh, we uh, we have you know de- our own depressed depressed states right we all do all of us you know that's why we're we're a bit we're a little bit um, Anxious, yeah. we're anxious people, yeah. right? And and this is not normal. If you if you can try to understand why you get anxious and try to understand how how you can calm yourself down, you know, how can you uh, how can you become how can you open your heart basically to receive yeah. life rather than fight with it, then you, you go back to the idea of of detachment. But so here's the thing about finding your genuine self, which which. As you said, we're all in this journey one way or another. But like today, I'm 36 years old, and I can safely say, can you hear the birds, by the way? They're gone now. I think I should close the door. I, um, like, I like the birds. Yeah, kids keep the birds. Um, I'm 36 years old. Thankfully, I've had a, you know, a good professional life, tried starting companies, got employed. And I don't know if I had all the money in the world and all the time in the world, and I at least have all the time in the world, but even if I did have all the money in the world, I wouldn't know what I would do with my life. Like, it doesn't come at me so obviously. Like, you know, you know, oh, if only I was just, like, finally, finally retired. Like, I can now do this. I don't know what this, this is. And I don't know, even know how to find it because I really try to search for it. This podcast was meant to be maybe this type thing, not like I want to do this, you know. So try it out and see if it works. Yeah. And it's good, but I don't know if yet it's like, oh, yes, finally I found my, my purpose or whatever it is that you could describe. Yeah, well, well he, here's, here's, uh, here's the... Uh, the, um, the uh, the um, silver lining, you know. Here's the positive message out of all of this, you know, because because I, th- I think I feel like the past five minutes we, we became a little bit dark, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's brightened up a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and 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 this is this is this is the actual point. Going back to the Chinese farmer who who kept saying um, maybe maybe maybe, you know, uh, y- you have to you have to just uh, just 
quit controlling the outcomes and understand that life is not running in a linear, linear pattern. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, and and uh, basically, there is no way you can tell if what, what, even if it's the most terrible thing that could happen to you, you yeah. know, you, you, you get cancer, for example. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 dating uh, a cancer survivor. She's 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 a beautiful soul, amazing girl, Luce. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, she's a she's a breast cancer survivor, and uh, she, you know she got it at thirty something, thirty one. Shit. You know what I mean? So when you talk, when you when you when you get to love somebody like that, also it gives you a perspective at the at the heart level, not at the mind level, where you understand her story and you say ah haram and you move on with your life. Yeah. You get involved. You know. You understand. So what are some of the things that, like, if you can share some of it? Basically, when, when you get the most, the, 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 uh, the most wretched news a person can get right. at our age, 36, sure. right? You have cancer. You're going to flip the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because you, it's, it's horrible. It's wretched. It's, it's evil, even. You know? Um, and it takes you a while, and these are usually the seven stages of, uh, of you know, uh, rage or anger, denial, anger, uh, you know. And that's whether uh, you're going to die or not going to die. Even no, no, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's usually, usually the first, 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 first thing that we, that we think about probably when you receive such bad news is how can I fight it? Yeah. Right? Uh, so that's how our brain is, is, is built. We will not think... I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. That's not even a possibility yeah. in your mind. You, you, know, you, you get angry, you, you, you have rage, you deny, you're, you're coping, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we fail to see the big Unless, picture. Unless like, the doctor is a dick and he's like, you have cancer. And like, okay, how can we fight it? He's like, I also forgot to mention, you have like three months to live. And like, there's no, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a really asshole doctor who is like, <laughs> step yeah. by step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, look, uh, terminal cancer is a different story, but yeah. uh, you know we uh, for the the ninety the ninety eight percent other other shit like I lost my job, I got divorced, I have breast cancer. I, I'm yeah. you know there even somebody passed away, someone really close to me. Whatever it is, I I, I lost a, I lost a leg. You you think that your life is gonna be shit yeah. basically for the rest of your life. Yeah. You don't understand that this actual incident is going to make you a better human being. Yeah. Right. And uh, uh, sometimes, yeah, let's, yeah. yeah let's go on, go on. Go on. So. And sometimes uh, we forget we forget to look at the bigger picture in that way. You know, um, I, for example, I I got divorced a couple of years back. And that was that was one of the, the milestones of my life that that really changed me in a in a positive way. But when I was going through it, um, I thought that I was scared. You know, I thought that my life is gonna be, you know, changed to the worst. You know, I I I couldn't see in my mind how how this event could be a positive thing. A positive thing in the long term, right? right. And the, and by long term, I mean not next week or in a couple of months i mean in a couple of years you know that's an acceptable time frame to understand uh uh 
the benefits of, of something bad that happens to you now. Yeah. You know, uh, f- for the most part. Because it takes two years to really get over the trauma. But if you need to understand how to deal with it, you know. And, and for me, it was an opportunity uh, first to understand what happened, analyze everything that went wrong. Um, and by analyzing it, I'm not saying blaming it on whatever external circumstance, like the pandemic hit, you know. Because I also almost lost my business in the pandemic. So I can sure. relate to that also in, in, in that parallel, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, regardless, regardless of, of, of those two, uh, pandemic or, or, or a divorce, you start to analyze what, what, what went wrong inside of you. Yeah. What, because you are basically, nothing happens to you. Life does not happen to you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a cliche thing to say. Life happens to you as if we have no control over it. The, the way we can control life is life happens through us, not to us, yeah. you know? So <laughs> the, way, the way to control that is, is, is to understand how, what led you up to the divorce, for example, mm. or how, how, you, how you currently feel about the, the pandemic. Um, what led you to, to reach that point on a, as, as yourself on a personality level, for example? Yeah, you know things that you've been maybe overlooking, right? Um, I, I, uh, I, yeah. I, over the past ten years, I wasn't happy in uh, running my business. I wasn't happy, even to a certain extent, living in Dubai because I wasn't able to enjoy it uh, according to how I want to enjoy it. I was fighting it, right? Yeah, uh, and I realized that the whole time I was basically not really living on an authentic level. I thought I had to become an entrepreneur. I thought I had to make a lot of money. Um, and I also thought that I had to marry at the age of 30, 31, someone close to my culture. Someone who is, you know, they have criteria, like a fucking checklist. Yeah. Right? And, and, you, and then... Uh, I've realized all of that, uh, and I've realized that, that I, I've been living according to a checklist all my life. And, and by the way, I, I've had a, a very liberated uh, like coming of age, uh, you know, teenagehood and university experience. I was not controlled by my parents or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I was controlled by my own mind. And, and still, you all found yourself, you, still you found yourself following some form of like a recipe. Or... Because I never, I never really delved down into who I am really as a person. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure that very few of us have actually grabbed a pen and a paper, mm. right? Sat down in a, one of those nights where we feel completely lost. And we, what we tend to do is maybe drink, mm. uh, Maybe gossip, mm. maybe go, uh, go out in a fit of rage, maybe break stuff, you know. But, you know, the, all, of these, all of these tough times that we had when you actually literally wanted to break the glass against the wall and break and smash the mirror, yeah. you know. Uh, these are opportunities for us to sit down and uh, grab a pen and a paper and reflect on why is this happening. Deeply, really, why? Um, you know, why, why do I feel like I have to continue a uh, job that I hate and it's making me miserable for yeah. so many years? Why do I not, uh, why, do I, why, am I, why am I not exploiting my, my talents? Because I have a, I have a good ear, I, I can hear music. 
Yeah. I like to converse, like, sure. like how you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, how, how come I did not invest in more, more time in those things that make me happy, really happy, instead of uh, going to work, coming back, yeah. ordering Deliveroo, watching Netflix, sleeping, next day is the same, yeah. the same thing, and then the weekend you go out and get completely fucking hammered, yeah. you know, and, and you've, you do that for so long. You don't, even leave yourself, you don't even leave yourself the capacity to, to have that exercise, uh, whether literally grabbing a paper or just doing it mentally, because you are going from one busy work day to the other, uh, to a totally drunk night out, and before you know it, like when have you even had an, or an, any chance you might have, like maybe you're taking a shit or you're showering, and maybe this is when you think about these things, you're probably on your phone or listening to music, or like there's constant kind of a hijacking of a capacity to even uh, just to, to think. But here's what's even worse, is that a lot of people try to think and find answers and they might even find themselves like uh, spending too much time trying to figure this out and they only uh, dig deeper into the same hole um, for example um, uh, somebody that's already in a in a job that they don't like and they think that the problem is that they need a promotion or they need to change companies and like you know the framework of the thinking itself is is fundamentally wrong because they are still looking at what they should do through the eyes of their society or whatever it is must, they must have been indoctrinated in and so, you know, even the, the totally, you know, transformational idea that what if it's not another job in this industry? What if it's a totally different job, like, or career altogether? Or, um, you know, that kind of thinking is not even part of the consideration. So some people don't even get the chance to really consider what's genuine for themselves, despite spending a lot of time thinking about it and spending a lot of time trying to get that thing that they think they want. And they, that's why they end up living a miserable life all their lives because because yeah. they just went from one shitty company to another shitty company and for it took them 30 years to realize, like, fuck corporate bullshit. If that's, let's say for some people, they, that's not for them, you know? Yeah. It is for most people and it's, it's there's nothing wrong with it, but, like, for somebody who doesn't want to work in a nine-to-six on-the-desk type thing and for whatever reason they think the problem is that they are 10% underpaid or that their company is not, you know, appreciating them enough and they need to change companies and... They're like twenty years later, like oh, fuck, it's like same shit, different place, different day, you know. Yeah. Like, for, uh, really, the importance of being able to figure out as early as possible, and it's okay if it needs to take time um, to to get that maturity and wisdom. The framework by which you're gonna have that exercise done, right? Like what, like like defining what you know before you just jump right into thinking it's about a raise or about changing a company or divorcing and finding a different partner because like a lot of people this is a, for example when it comes to divorce and or relationships it's usually the whole like well that that partner that partner is not x y and z divorce find x y and z and like that's not that's probably not the issue here you know like the issue is not that because like you know you, you like some things about that partner you're not going to find it in the other partner and if you're going to just try to you know uh, check boxes as you said you're going to just keep on going from one to the other and you're going to die the trying you know yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you know yeah um that's the thing when, when i said grab a pen and paper yeah you know um instead of just uh smoking a pack of cigarettes on the balcony and just looking into the sky yeah you know you need to write down your thoughts because uh, i read somewhere that was that really struck me and it stuck with me the i the the benefit of journaling is that it allows you to explore the thought behind the thought without journaling you don't write down the initial thought uh, and then discover and then keep keep writing and then get to the next thought you know i felt this way 
this is where we stop usually when we think. Yeah. I feel this way. That's it. Yeah. You know? But when you journal, because of the linguistic requirements and, and the way that your mind is attached to, you know, what, you're, what you want to speak, you have to translate into a writing type. Right. It makes, it, it makes things logical a little bit. Um, and, and also you explore the, the thoughts behind the thoughts, you know? Um, that's why... When, when, when we think, we just, we just stop at a certain place or we don't remember the next day what we thought about because thoughts are fleeting. Yeah. They come and go. And you can't, if you don't capture them, writing it down, even, even if it's a great idea, by the way, it doesn't have to be like, why is my life like this? Uh, yeah. You know, where have I gone wrong? Sometimes, sometimes you have a problem at work, for example. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like, you know, you're stuck in a job that you don't like and you're frustrated with your boss. You know, usually that's the, you go back home and you're like, oh, my boss pissed me off. You pour a drink and you forget about it, <laughs> you know. But um, if you actually don't uh, forget about it and you don't pour a drink, uh, you come back home, you sit down, you make a cup of tea or even you have a whiskey, whatever, and you start writing it down instead of trying to forget about it by listening to some music or watching Netflix. You, you may very well get to, by the, at the bottom of the page, by the time you're done with one page writing, you might get to the bottom of things. Yeah. You might get to uh, that this is not just about what your boss did today. This is about you not fulfilling your dream of uh, be, being your own boss. Right. And exploring that dream that you always had. Not out of, uh, by the way, uh, not st- not that setting up a business is uh, uh, everybody's dream, sure. right? But we are so consumed in that culture, right? Yeah. Right? It's it's we admire people that are billionaires. Uh, we celebrate them. Sure, success uh, equals money in the time, you know. So yeah. our our mentality is is extremely distorted. Um, but also, when you journal about this, then maybe you maybe you'll get to the point where you understand that chasing money all your life, chasing clients, chasing invoices, closing sales, closing deals, yeah. making clients happy, or else you're gonna lose the account, um, or you might lose your business. Uh, you know, you and might run out of cash, for example. All of these things are you're 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 doing their challenges, but also you're doing them uh, not because you want to deep down inside, not yeah. because this is who you are, but because you have to. It's imposed, that it, it, it's imposed on you. So maybe at the end of the, the, the bottom of the page, you will get a little bit closer to enlightenment mm. in a way that means makes sense to you yeah. at the core. And you're going to have to read that too. I mean, like when, I, when you first advised me to journal, and I've never actually journaled before you told me to do it, and it was fucking incredible. It was like amazing for somebody like me who's usually very impulsive and fast and, and, and doesn't give himself enough time to think about things, writing it down and I'm typing like as fast as I would be thinking at that point. So I'm not even thinking, I might as well just be thinking at this point. But then after I was done, you know, reading it over again and, and, and it, it does two things, right? It gives you time to like now process all these thoughts that were just jumbled up in your thought, in your head and you're looking at it and you're like, and then you're, you're kind of repeating that story you just wrote to your, about yourself to yourself. And then you're reading it, and it's you kind of now you're no longer yourself. You're not the author anymore. You're the, basically the reader, and it's somebody's biography. And you're like now you're taking an objective assessment of it, right? So you separate yourself from the person. This is how it felt for me, and this is what gave me some composure to come to some insights or enlightenment or, or uh, 
kind of or, or even in action as one of the decisions that I should be taking is in action, right? In action in and of itself is, action, is, is, is a path you want to take when you're trying to kind of figure things out. In action, right? Like I'm going to just not act. And it's more difficult. Right. It's more difficult yeah. than action. Oh, of course. Because action not, is, is way more difficult than... Because it's lack of control, right? You're saying that uh, you, you tend to control things and in action is immediately just trying to not control. Yeah, but it, 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 takes, it takes a lot of self-control yeah. to control. Oh, 100%. Uh, in action. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, what you, that's what we need to be in control of. We need to be in control of ourselves, not in control of the external world, because yeah. it's so complex out there. Yeah, it's ext- and you are complex inside. I at am, least yeah. you have a better <laughs> chance at understanding who you are in relation to the world, yeah. as opposed to a separate entity to the world, where you are trying to control the ex- outside world versus I am a part of everything that's happening. Yeah, and. It's okay, I, uh, you know. Aside from my emotions and how I feel, yeah, it's okay. Like it, it, you know, shit happens, right? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, and 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 you know something, um, you you know that that cliche, non authentic advice. <laughs> okay, go on. Um, in five years, none of this is gonna is gonna matter, right? They say that in five years, none of this is gonna matter. Um. Why? Why do they? Why do people say that? You think you think they're trying to uh, tell you that 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 this what what's happening to you right now? That something tough, you know, uh, a divorce or uh, cancer. Uh, they tell you that none of this is going to matter in five years. Like what? What? Like it, like it never happened? That's 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 bullshit, honestly, because. In five years after, after this event happened to you, you are, it's, it's going to matter, but it's going to matter on a personal level because you've grown and growing is, is one, of the, one of the hardest things uh, that you can do as a human being. It's not about your promotions. It's not about your job. It's not about your career. It's not about your business. You know, it's, it's, it's about your growth, yeah. really. It's, and, and that's why journaling is important. Reading books as much as you can versus consuming uh, external sound bites, you know, yeah, sound bites, Netflix, like, like highly engineered things to give you dopamine like crazy, social yeah. media. Instead, you know, uh, reading the books, being still, uh, enjoying nature, things like that to help you connect with yourself. Yeah, I want to actually, the, the whole nature thing uh, is. is, is Specifically, I want to talk about uh, kind of facilitated purpose seeking. Um, yeah, um, and so basically, when, let me explain what I mean. So we, we can today try to discover our genuine selves um, through all these kind of give yourself the time, the capacity. Don't uh, live within the kind of indoctrination or a path that's been. You know, there's a lot of kind of more passive ways. Let's say I'm going to call them passive, uh, relatively speaking, because I'm going to compare them to. Um, like taking ayahuasca or some sort of psychedelics to help you find these things. I haven't like I've I've, I've dabbled around with psychedelics, uh, not yet with ayahuasca, but with everything else like so acid, mushrooms. Um, well, mainly these two, as far as psychedelics are concerned. Um, but a lot of friends of mine are, and I'm, let me just make it very like right off the bat that I did see the impact of 
them helping you find uh, you know compassion or feelings of uh, kind of resolution to certain issues um thinking about things in a certain way but maybe not giving you full on answers to questions you know but but just there is a lot of that there but with ayahuasca and I haven't done that yet but I have a lot of friends who did it seems to be transformational like um but then you see them living their lives right and you see the change but it's also not as transformational so they're still doing what they're doing they just feel better as people like they feel better excuse me about their lives and about um they're just calmer they're less egoistic so that's good there's not as much ego there's not as much control there's a more acceptance to the current life but not so much um i yeah. i figured out i got to do something else with my life and that's pretty interesting because that's basically almost like saying you are where you are combination of your choices in life with what you know with the dice that life that you threw when you were born like <laughs> that they were thrown when you were born for you and um and 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 rather than changing it just accept it don't let your ego that's probably trying to change it to to make you do things that um you're you, and in most cases you're going to regret them um but yeah so that basically long story short is what I'm trying to say is I want to actually try ayahuasca because um I I personally could use a little bit of that in my current personal journey of uh yeah. like finding yeah. My, yeah you know what I mean yeah 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 uh i've i've also you know psychedelics uh, generally are are known to to heal right you know uh and in the medical journals now they're probably publishing or going to publish uh a lot of research that has resumed which was which was paused in the 70s because of political reasons and now it's resuming um and a lot of them are finding out and they're going to write that it uh helps with moderate depression or ex- what depression mo- moderate depression oh, okay. or or PTSD post traumatic right. syndrome yeah uh these findings are basically scientific jargon for they help heal people right and uh one of the things that they 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 actually do uh, aside from helping you know yourself is also understand how the the world is working because when you when you when you start experiencing those those types of psychedelics uh, and and having those experiences generally you start seeing the world differently so you don't need to be high in order to you can be completely sober mm. uh living day-to-day life but having witnessed these uh, enlightening moments um they will they will assist you in living your day-to-day life as a human being mm. not as a corporate drone or as uh a parent mm. uh or as uh somebody without a job or somebody with you know a difficulty going on you start you start understanding that that life is um is is happening and you you are exactly where you need to be yeah. at this particular moment because it's going to open new doors that you cannot possibly imagine mm. there's another story by Alan Watts um uh it's not a story it's more of a dialogue and he he basically uh, invites his audience to you know uh imagine that you dream a dream and in the dream you are in control of everything almost like you're like you're like god you know um it's a marvelous dream you know you can 
do whatever you want and, and, and you're living it. But then after a few, you know, a few dreams like that, a lot actually, you know, you're going to say, give me something else. Surprise me. Yeah. I want a surprise. <laughs> you know, surprise me a little bit. And you have that, those kinds of dreams and you get surprised and you go, wow, that's, uh, that's really amazing. <laughs> you know, I want more of that. And eventually you're going to keep wanting more and more surprises to the point where you, your dreams are entirely unpredictable. And at that stage, you become who you are. Ah, wow. That's beautiful. Right? You know, you are literally living the dream of a god. But yeah. the, the god chose to go to sleep and have a dream where he doesn't know what's going to happen. And you are dreaming that dream. Yeah, and I think, I mean... Uh, which, means, which means that, be, sorry, but it means that being, being, being a human being, yeah. I'm not just saying fluffy, furry shit, you know? Yeah. But being a human being um, means that you need to surrender yeah. to, to, the, to the world, but also uh, live authentically, which means that aside from eating and, and putting food on the table and all that stuff, you know, the way that you function in this world has to be uh, according to who you are, not according to what you should be. So yeah. your question should be not what I ought to do. It should be what I want to do. Yeah, but let's talk about that for a second, man. Because, I mean, I just can't fucking figure out what that is. It, when I come to think about this question, um, I come to <laughs> two categories of answers. Either there are degenerate activities that, when I say degenerate, I mean like, they satisfy uh, kind of like... Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk for the next couple of minutes about why I can't find my answer. Bathroom break for Basil. Go ahead, go ahead. You can run. <laughs> You're good. Uh, oh, yeah, no worries. So, <clears throat> I don't think we've ever had a guest go to a bathroom in the middle of a live stream, but we're going to do this. So whenever I try to think about the things that I would want to do, because it's my purpose or it's my genuine self, I come to two types of uh, answers. The hedonistic, impulsive, um, gives you instant pleasure and instant gratification uh, type of things, right? Um, for example, I like to play poker, um, you know, party, go to Burning Man. I mean, if I could live life like that, a Dan Belzerian life minus fucking the hot chicks uh, as, a, as he does, um, you know, because I'm in a relationship. But, other, but anyway, my point is, um, that's one category of answers. The second one is um, a bunch of purposeful, a list of things that I would consider purposeful or impactful or I think I need to do them or want to do them, like entrepreneurs. Uh, did, you hear, did you hear anything I said? Not so much? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, I, heard, I, heard, I heard some... When I think about what I want to do, in my life, I'm going to try to recap. The interesting thing is how is yes, I'm going to recap all of this <laughs> in a in a very precise way and entertaining way. I'm going to try to be as brief as possible. That's that's a challenge, you know. When I think about what I should do in my life, because that's what I want to do, my purpose in life, or what I should be doing genuinely, it's either two types of paths. One is the hedonistic instant gratification one. If I could live life playing poker and going to Burning Man and whatever, these are the examples I was giving. That's one way of saying that's my genuine self. These are the things that I like to do. Have sex, drink, uh, again, party, go to Tulum, whatever it might be. This is one that, I call it the Dan Balzerian life. I was saying minus, yeah. <laughs> and then I was saying minus fucking all the hot chicks because I'm in a relationship. But otherwise, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like guns and poker and, and 
One yeah. path, right? Second path of, of, of how I should he do it. He went my... bankrupt, though. Did he? Yeah, he's, he's on the run now. Oh, but he's, yeah. his company, he's still going to be fine, I think. <laughs> um, second path is all these kind of, then it's like this blue sky thinking of uh, purpose and impact and, all right, well, I started this company, what about that company? Or I took this job, what about that job? And, and there I struggle because like, you know, and I'm sure it's not as simple as live hedonistically or live with some form of uh, kind of purpose and, 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 and a thoughtful life of some sort. Can't figure out that second one. It doesn't come to me naturally. And, and that's what I'm hoping that I can, you know, and I'm sure I'm not expecting you to come and give me the answer now, but uh, it would be nice if you can chime in on it um, with your own experience and your own thoughts on it. When you say people should live within a genuine life, not based on how they were how it's dictated for them. Do you have any form of framework or it's the toughest question in the world. Books have been written on it and still nobody has a clear answer. So maybe what is the answer that you have on how you should approach a question of how you should live or what you should be doing genuinely and, and living your genuine life? Do you have, have you, what's the framework you apply? I think, I think uh, first thing is that you were, you were saying vices and hedonism, hedonism, but you, you mentioned vices Sure. Right? Yeah. You, you said gambling. You said um, uh, drinking. You said uh, banging girls. Right. All that stuff. These are these are things that. Um, I mean, first of all, you should not label them because you know even even if you if you read stories or articles or pieces written by ex heroin junkies, um, some some of them, uh, quite a few of them actually, they. Uh, say that heroin was the best thing that ever happened to them, right? Um, because of having to recover from it and that oh, okay. turning their lives around. Not because it's an amazing <laughs> high. For a second, I was like, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe so, we can justify that too. Because like, I'm, not, I'm not entirely unsure that that's entirely off the, you know, if I can live my life having fun and, okay, it's, I know it's a bad answer, but you know what I mean? Like maybe there's on a philosophical level room for mm-hmm. a path of saying hedonism, you know, live to eat, don't eat to live type, you know, like there is maybe something there. No, but, 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 but no, but the thing is what, what you're, what you're, what you're trying, what you're insinuating, let's say, or, or what you're perhaps not, you're not aware that you're, that you're, you're getting into is that um, if we are left to our own devices, what you what, what I hear you say, if we're left to our own devices, that means that we are going to become animals, that's not, that's, that's, yes, we are prone to addictions, uh, but these are the, 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 the addictions that are considered vices. But believe me, we are addicted to way more than just alcohol, nicotine, uh, drugs. Uh, we are addicted to jealousy. We're addicted to envy. We're addicted to rage. We're addicted to well, anxiety. We're these 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 things yeah. wealth and all these things yeah. and, the, and the blind pursuit of all of these things because we think that we should um they're creating a lot of these toxic um feelings and emotions and and states and experiences which we become addicted to sure um for example i mean if i can if i ask you a question what is your emotional home have you ever asked yourself that question what what is your describe your emotional home? Where do you emotionally live on a day to day basis? We all have homes, right? Uh, we all have spaces. Um, what is your emotional space? How can you describe it? 
Yeah, um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, right? And 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 I never really delved into that until you know uh, recently, a few years ago. Um, it definitely has components of uh, family in it, right? Like some form of like emotional home is the presence of fam- some form of family, which is either my first degree family, like with my no, parents no, no, no. or with my partner, or you know. That's not what I'm talking oh, about. Okay, sorry, okay. but yeah, clarify. That's fine. Uh, the emotional home, not not where you, not 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 the place or the space where you experience emotions. It's the emotion where you live in. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I've realized that all my life I've, I've, I've maintained an emotional home which I can describe as guilt. And I'm sure we, a lot of us experience that. It's a common feeling. But there are others that don't experience guilt. You know, they don't feel bad all the time. They're not so nostalgic, you know. They're not. They're not so, uh, you know, emotional, you know. What do you What do you feel about? In a, in a, it's it, it's the it's a default mode of the way your brain feels, the way that, you, that your brain makes you feel, mm. you know. And for me, it's generally guilt. I could the first thing that I wake up and I think about as an emotion, I think about other things, you know. Uh, but as an emotion is if i'm a, if i if i'm a little bit unstable let's say i'm waking up hungover or uh i'm i'm waking up uh um a little tired i didn't sleep well um i was upset whatever it is the first thing that i think about emotionally is guilt like oh what did i do what did i what did i do yesterday or last week or the month before or the year before that i'm not proud about and I feel guilty about it. Wow, that's right? so true. By the way, <clears throat> yeah, you can identify 100%, with that. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. It, you know, it almost it actually starts it's common. It, it almost starts to feel like you do things for the sake of uh, validating them from a lens of guilt afterwards, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you know, when I talk about my vices, I seem to do, for example, a level of like drinking. Okay, let's say drinking too much, and you're always you're never like <laughs> it's not like a workout. Like with a workout, you never like after the workout being like. What the fuck that was work? I wish I never did that workout. Like you're never gonna go like that about a workout. Like never. There's no workout where you're gonna regret it after. But like with alcohol. Wait, wait. Yeah. Why? <laughs> no, why, I'm just why? saying you always feel good after wait, every workout. I, I know that. Yeah. I know that. But but this is this is this is the surface thought. Okay. But wait until one day you're out with your friends, and this is a true story happened to me. Okay. And um, we go out to play football which is a great workout. I, I, I go to the gym. I like to swim as well. Sure. I, so when, he, when my friend called me, I was like, uh, you know, we need a player. Are you interested? Even though I'm not a... <laughs> I don't really regularly do this football stuff. Uh, I said, yeah, sure. It'd be a great workout. And I ended up being a goalie. <laughs> okay. And well, I, okay. I, was a great, I was a great goalkeeper. <laughs> I saved a lot of uh, shots. One of them hit me directly in the hand like that. Okay? It was a 90-degree angle. And it was like shot. He, it was a striker. Yeah, he, you know? Captain Rabe. Captain Rabe style. Julian. And it hit my, it hit, it, it hit my finger and, and look what happened to it. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. <laughs> right? So, 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 but, so, so to, to talk about your Chinese farmer story, but maybe this finger with this angle now can be used in a way that 
can <laughs> you know how many people can bend their finger like that and think about all the things you could do with it with, with the finger with this kind of angle absolutely uh, <laughs> I, I can think of one absolutely yeah yeah but but the point is but you maybe you, you do get but you do you do you can get regret going to the gym if you injure Fair. yourself and then you ask yourself a question you know yeah but uh, sorry let me let me clarify what i'm saying so you can you can go to the there are things that are generally things that are going to feel good after when you potentially go about them like oh, i don't want to do this but when you do them you're going to always be like oh, i'm glad i did it like a workout generally is a feeling like i'm glad i pushed myself yeah, to work yeah. out okay a rule of thumb type of, type of thing that's right then with getting fucked and dr- drinking your ass off like it's you're never the next day like i mean maximum you're going to be like we had a lot of fun i mean it's probably always fun but you're feeling so shitty um, that you're like, oh, how, how am I still like, how am I still doing this to myself? Like, I thought this was over. You know, this is the eighth time I'm gonna stop like getting yeah. smash face on a Tuesday. But but listen, <laughs> this is the eighth time I'm saying that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he, here's the difference between uh, you're just feeling guilty for no reason, yeah, and you're feeling uh, something else which is not guilt, but it it leads you to change your life. Yeah. And talking specifically about drinking, since yeah. you're, since this is the example that you set, right? Imagine. Uh, you you're sitting by yourself, uh, and you 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 drink a bottle of whiskey. You finish a complete bottle of whiskey by yourself. You're gonna wake up fucked. True, right? And you're you're gonna suffer at work, and you know. But so what? You got shit faced. <laughs> You know, I love it. Really, on, on, <laughs> if you really go, if you really, if you really scratch beneath the surface, why are you feeling guilty? I mean, l- largely because I feel like shit. You know, aside of anything yes, else. Yes, but like. but that's 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 you're in pain. Yeah. From the hangover, yeah. your body's suffering. You fucked it. Yeah. But that's pain. What you're experiencing is guilt. Yeah. That's that's the emotional home that you're living in at that moment. Yeah, I'll tell you. So here, right? Am I? Am I? Hundred percent. So I'll give you a bit different example. Okay, <laughs> margin trading. No, no, but wait, let me wait, wait, wait. Because that's me, one, me, that's the one. Okay, we're going. Yeah, sure, sure. Sorry, but yeah. but I, I said two things. Sure. You know, the first one is is you you, but the, the 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 second one is the one that can potentially change your life. Yeah, is that you got drunk and you assaulted someone. You said something to your parents right. on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you made a mistake you, that you shouldn't have made, something very impulsive. Um, or you, you, you had an, a, 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 an experience of rage, sure. you know? Yeah, these are the good, And you, yeah. you broke stuff and you said things. You hurt people. Right, yeah. right? Uh, this is, this yeah. is something that, that is a problem, yeah, right? Right, right, right? And, and this is... Then it's no longer a vice; it's an escape. Sure, yeah, right. Um, but but guilt and it's in its purest sober form. And I hear what you're saying, right? Like the fact that you are constantly wondering, like judgment, right? So you know, judgment. You when you most people who are judgmental on others are equally judgmental on themselves. There are hypocrites that are going to be judging others with a different lens than themselves, or find a different rationale that lets them get away with the exact same shit that they judge other people with, right? Intellectual dishonesty, yeah. and we've all done it at one point, and and you know it's hard to see it, and it's like uh, it's almost like talking to uh, asking a uh, a uh, a deaf person why they can't hear the music, you know, like yeah. it's like they're so <laughs> the crackling of the ice for your water and cucumber. Cast my ears. Cast my what cast my ears? I was going to give this whiskey a promotion, to be honest. 
I think I should because it's like a one of a kind, 13-year-old single malt, Craig Lucky. I had to YouTube how to pronounce that, by the way, <laughs> just in case I decide to cover it on the episode. So Craig Lucky, um, they use worm, tu- worm tubs as a way of distilling. Uh, by the way, how easily my ADD can hit, and I'm suddenly talking about most. What were we talking about? We were talking. <laughs> wait, hold on. <laughs> we were talking well, before the whiskey happened. We were talking about. Um, remind me. <laughs> Do you have any idea? Yeah, of course. Okay, I'm gonna wait for you on that one. <laughs> Inspect the back label. <laughs> <laughs> now I lost my train of thoughts. Yeah. Um, but so this is okay. So here's here's one thing. Okay, if, I don't know what we were talking about. We'll come back to it. But I want to ask you another question. Okay, you used to play a lot of music when you were in high school, and we played together. You remember how you and I played? Um, was it the uh, Winds of Change? Was it Wind of, Winds of Change? No, I, I uh, flipped a coin with... Uh, Kareem Zedad, he yeah, ended up playing. Kareem. Right, but you have to say, and I, I was hoping to say that, give a shout out to Odyssey, your band in high school. You, Ayman Daher, Tamir Gargour, Leith Khouri, uh, Walid Sukkar. Did I get you guys all, yeah. right? Best fucking high school band, in my opinion. And I've seen movies about high school bands, and I've seen high school bands and heard them underrated Absolutely. high school band and I really want I you to go ahead for anybody that's listening to this Metallica fan um, or any sort of heavy metal fan you know Iron Maiden Black Sabbath if you're into this you should totally where can they can this you know can can this music be found somewhere online oh, at this point I, I think I, I wish I wish that uh, I could say yes but there's a couple of songs on YouTube that's it? Yeah. Right. You so can leave a link. I'm going to leave a link. And I also would like you to really find a way to upload all that album. Um, because I think it's one of those things that, you know, you might like be a Picasso, like die 20 years from now. And, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like 20 years, like it's 2080 and like, you know, you guys are famous and like there are LPs being made and shit. Like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this this is this is one of the things that I actually uh, felt because we were talking about guilt. Yeah. Right. Oh, that, okay. Thank you. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, go on, sir. I'm <laughs> yes, glad I you got you. it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so happy we figured out what it was. <laughs> it's always gonna come back because yeah. this is yeah. But uh, we were the best high school band that you've seen so yeah. you claim yeah. right and i think that truthfully we were, by the way not yeah, yeah. true i i think if if you know if you hear if you hear the you know if you hear the the music structurally this is the making of a young band that's going to do something right right like i followed a lot of band stories you know famous rock rock artists and stuff and they all start young and they train a lot but then we had to stop it because we had to go to university, about I don't know what, right. and then get married, make money. I wanted to be, a, you know, I'm not saying that we're all, we all grew up to be fuckers, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, uh, deadbeats, you know, Leith is, is, is a neurosurgeon in, in uh, North Carolina. That's he, fucking he, amazing. He operates on brains. Yeah. And he's the lead surgeon. He's not like the... The combats in the background. Yeah. Do you, you think know? he plays like uh, Metallica in the background? He band? does. Oh, that's fucking he says, amazing. He told me that. Um, so he's, he's, he loves it. But this is another side of him. That's you know? amazing, by the way. He's, his brain is so technical 
that's what enabled him to play the solos right yeah like geniusly and create music that is at par with with Metallica for example or or more complicated bands like Dream Theater yeah is that his brain is so analytical so he's 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 great in the operating room operating under such tight spaces like the guitar fret for example yeah. and that's that I believe that he is living authentically sure and he's he's my band member right you know, Odyssey band member Yeah. You know, high school, the best high school How band cool you've ever just, seen. Just saying that in your mouth, man. It sounds cool. Like. It's, it's amazing. But then you, you leave it and you never come back to it. I, I haven't, I, I, did, I bought, I, I'm a drummer. Yeah. Right. I, I play the drums. So yeah. uh, I, through, after graduation until two years ago, I did not own a drum set yeah. in Dubai in my apartment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That means that you're not at all in touch with a side of you that's so important. It's not like it wasn't just a high school band. But this is the thing about like uh, Leith Khoury, right? So when he, first of all, cast Leith, uh, like cheers for Leith, because like what a, like, yeah. how, how many of our friends do you know Want who are brain, <laughs> yeah, sure. how many of our friends do you know who are brain surgeons? Yeah. Uh, and who are like, you know, this is one friend I'm proud to say like, you know, this guy, I also studied medicine for a semester, so I know, thank you, Khoury. So I know exactly what uh, what kind of you know hustle and discipline and, and uh, you know, tenacity it takes to become a doctor, and he's a brain surgeon, not just like. Um, but I want to mention what about this thing that. Uh, so what I want to say is, the, what makes it particularly commendable, and what you're saying, living his genuine life, um, is that he's optimizing two things: the uh, the skill and the challenge are both high. In fact, there's like a, this framework called the flow the model. The flow, yeah. yeah. I've read that book. I'm going to put that Fascinating. up. Um, so for anybody watching, uh, he's, I think he's, where is he from? Yugoslavia, uh, some, for, I think some Eastern European countries. Uh, some, uh, Mikael. He has a book on the flow. But I, I, I remember specifically what you're talking about. Here uh, it is. Wait, I'm going to see if I can pull that up. It's a graph between uh, challenge and boredom. Wait, let me see if I can get the framework. Yeah, there it is. It's just I can't get that image. Skill and, uh, and challenge. Skill and challenge. Your skill has to meet the challenge. If, it's, if your skill over exceeds your challenge, you get boredom. Yeah. So skill level, low, high. So you're good at something or you're bad at it. The challenge level, how hard and easy it is for you, right? So if you're doing something that you're good at, if imagine you're just like naturally good at music or painting or numbers, and you're doing, and so that's a high skill, and the challenge level is that you're doing something that you haven't done before. It's harder than anything you've done before. It's the first time you're doing this level. It's like the God mode, you know? Then you're in the state of flow. So think, for example, in like the case of Leith, right? If he's good with his fingers or his uh, eye-hand coordination or what, whatever it might require yeah. him to play the guitar solos and also to operate on brains, That's a skill he's just good at. For whatever reason, he might be predisposed to this one way or another, physically, mentally, or just like, you know, he's developed that skill, but he's good at it. But now his life, there are patients' lives at risk. That's the highest challenge possible, right? So, by the way, I don't know how happy he is with his career, but let's assume he is and he's in flow, but that's why, because the skill is high and the challenge is high. Yeah. Um, and I Absolutely, actually, yes. You know what I mean? And like a lot of times you're good at something. And that's what I was trying to talk about with this whole imposter syndrome thing is that what if, what if you're good at something, you're so good, but 
you haven't had a higher challenge because you've achieved it all. You're, you've, you've made all the money. You've, I don't know, won the Oscar 20 times or whatever the fuck. I don't yeah. know. Some you artists, know. like, they've, they've, they have too many awards. Like, they're nothing, the challenge is the same. Like, I'm going to get nominated yeah. again. I'm fucking. Yeah, it. yeah. Yazan, this is when you uh, abdicate the throne. Yeah. And, uh, and it happened in recent history in the most uptight monarchy that ever existed in human life. Yeah. The British Empire. Oh, okay. You know, they abdicated the throne because they had it all, but they felt like it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't challenging or they didn't have the skill for it or they wanted something completely different. Yeah. So they abdicate the throne. So uh, this is a lot, a lot of people who who succeed in business, they leave it and they go somewhere else. And usually, you know, you hear questions, you hear stories about. You know, the ex-CEO of GM in the 1960s that basically became a, uh, became a philanthropist or uh, built a hotel in Africa and just chilled on the beach because he values nature. You know, the philanthropist guy uh, decided to give away all his money because he wants to... Uh, just make a difference, you know, and he's involved in his philanthropy. It's not just signing paychecks. That's just right. for tax purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, come on, who are we kidding? Mark Zuckerberg, fuck yeah, off. Exactly. You know? But he, he, so philanthropy, uh, I'm so glad you brought that up, okay? Um, I love how we're on Facebook and I'm just, you know, telling Mark Zuckerberg to fuck off. You wouldn't be the first, man. Like this guy gets so much shit on Facebook. It's, it's. But um, everybody, you know, uh, even, even Bill Gates, uh, I don't. I think he gets to. I think Zuckerberg. Philanthropy gets, is is a new trend. It's it's a it's 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 not right. But so, uh, well, let me ask you right off the bat. Do you think there's enough philanthropy happening? Because like you know, I don't think there is. Obviously, so okay. Let me take you, let me take a step back and explain to you why I have a problem with philanthropy. It's supposed to be on a selfish level, what you should do if you can do it, and yet it's not enough. It, like so. Take somebody who is extremely rich. Like if you have a hundred billion dollars in your bank account, and you know you like you, there's no pleasure that you haven't experienced in life yet. Like you can't be a hundred billion. Or let's take, let's talk about like there is at least a couple of hundred thousand people out there. I don't know who have ten billion dollars, five billion dollars, one billion dollars. Right? There's at least a couple of thousand, if not a couple of million people with one billion dollars or more. How are you at this point not all into like all in into philanthropy? Like there is no house, island, food type of pleasure in life that you haven't experienced and that you don't need to exp- and that you can still experience with one billion dollars in your bank account but anything over one billion dollars uh you know as my friend Dezan Barghouti uh, would say you should give these people a certificate you know congratulations you've made the two billion dollar plus kind of like club here's a certificate you've made it you know now we take all your wealth and you're done like there's no point that you should have there's absolutely no reason why anybody should have over a billion dollars one billion dollars in today's economy and, and how things how much things cost like a billion dollars is a billion dollars it's safe for the next 67 years so anybody who's three four five six ten billion seven billion dollars rich how are they not naturally getting the need to become philanthropic and, and give away all that money not just like immediately donate it but like do something with it right like spend your life spending that money in a way that is actually going to be good for people. And nobody gets that. Like, very few people get a bit of philanthropy and they start to, like, you know, 5-10% of their wealth and the rest of it when they die. <laughs> the rest of it when they die. This is, like, the funny part, right? Because, like, they, they, they need it as long as they're alive, just in the bank account, making, like, interest or in a bond or, like... In, 
but they're only like spending like a fraction of it while other people are dying. So, so how is it that we are not naturally getting in? Like you know, when they talk about when you talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the top part, the pinnacle of that pyramid is self-actualization, and one big format of that is. Uh, philanthropy and doing, you know, helping people around you. And yet, I don't feel like rich people are doing enough of that and it's not coming to them naturally. And I don't know why, because you can become famous for becoming a philanthropist if, if let's say, this is a currency for doing shit, is that you need to be recognized. You will be, and I think you'll be applauded as the, 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 the savior of humanity in one way or another. And yet, people don't do it. So, what's like, have you ever thought about that? Like, why are there, why is there no natural drive? To, to kind of like race towards philanthropy, like it feels it's like on a selfish level, you should become more eager to become a philanthropist. Like it feels like that, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing that that first thing that I can say is that being uh, as rich as Bill Gates or as rich as having a hundred million dollars or even a fraction of that is not normal. Right. It's not. We, we, we think it's the norm, but actually the 99% of, of the population is, is, not, is not there. Sure. The 1%, right? Yeah. So in order, to, in order to get to that level of 100 million... 1 billion. 10 million even, you know? Let's say, let's talk about it. 10 million may be like the right amount of wealth. Let's just, I mean, I'm not saying this is it, but let's just, for the sake of example, 1 billion and more. You know how many people are $1 billion no, dollar rich? Like no. there's a lot of 1 billion. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but even, even on that level, you know, because yeah. it's, it's not normal. It's not normal. No, it's not. So it means that in order to obtain that to that level, you need to do something extraordinary. Right? Uh, extraordinary meaning extraordinary, which is out of the ordinary. Yeah. Either you steal it, you cheat it, you work your ass off, you fuck over people, you, uh, you, sure. spend, you spend sleepless nights, whatever. Very few are fairly making that kind of work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're doing something extraordinary, which is pushing themselves outside of that, you know, for a reason or two, you know, greed or, or luck, they're trying to prove something, ego, whatever it is. You, you were know? born into an area with a lot of oil, you know, that people. Yeah. That's there too. And, and, and the first thing that comes to your mind, and by the, by the first thing I mean within the first decade or two or three of you accumulating that wealth, the first thing that, that, you, that, that, that your drive is definitely not because I want one day, inshallah, to become a philanthropist. And cut ribbons and throw benefits and cut checks, you know. You don't you don't think about that. So so the the philanthropy part of, of things is uh, something that comes in later on in life when you when you've had it all. <laughs> I was like in a, I was supposed to bring the volume down, but I just abruptly paused it. <laughs> All right. I feel so much better. I think I, can, I think I can go on for another hour. <laughs> Ironically speaking, <laughs> should we wrap it up? I don't know. I mean, like I'm. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we can. Okay. Um, uh, but like this was like smack in the middle of you telling you were about to tell. A, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe just. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, my, my takeaway from this uh, conversation is that 
we ignore the 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 great divine details in us and we live our day-to-day lives almost like zombies regardless of our circumstances regardless of our financial situation regardless of our family matters there's a a micro decision on every level that you can uh, take to make your life or the lives of of your family or your children or the people you work for incrementally better you know and it's 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 not a it's it's not a it's not a competition with anybody you yeah. know it's just the way it is right that kind of thing yeah you know um to close i think we can mm. i can i can tell you a, a quote by alan watts is that we take uh uh so seriously we take so seriously what the gods made for fun This is a game at the end of the yeah. day. Everything life is a game. You go out every day and you play. Yeah. If you can if you can take it in that way, you know, if you can instead of looking at your spouse, you know, your wife, your husband, uh your girlfriend, whatever in the face and and tell her instead of in, instead of telling her let's let's get let's get over with this dinner that we have to go to yeah. with your family or with my in-laws. You look at her and you say, "I can't wait to go out with you tonight and play. I can't wait to play with you." Yeah, yeah. That, it's a game, you know. Then, then the dinner is going to become playful, yeah, and funny, and uh, it becomes like a game. How can you embrace life a bit more? Yeah. Nothing is so serious. It's so true, man. You know. Yeah. That's that's the, that's that's. the beauty of living that is the art of living really yeah. when when you really under, understand that there's you know th- there isn't that uh, uh some sort of uh paternal uh divine judge judging you every day good or bad yeah. you know the guy doesn't give a fuck about you you know what i mean That's actually a lot of the um, the non-monotheistic religions. Their gods are just dancing all the time. They're happy. They're, they're doing their herd. thing. Yeah, they're just gods. They're they don't they're elevated. Yeah, you know. Uh, so if you can take it in that way, yeah, then you 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 have less control over things. You're liberated. Yeah, you're yeah. detached. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That's the takeaway. It's a big one. I mean, if 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 half of us can actually accept that they can't control the outcome to the extent that they can, and 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 just like live freely and and flow freely, um, you know, if nothing else, we'd be less anxious. You know, uh, which which in and of itself is a winning. Where you end up is regard. It doesn't matter as long as in the present moment you're less anxious. Where you end up almost doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this has been a two-hour stream. So, thank you, Habibi. Thank you for coming. I have to say this, you know, with with uh, as much as I've loved all the other episodes that I've done, uh, this format, being with you, talking to you, man, it's always been a pleasure. We've had days and nights of not sleeping and, and having conversations end to end. So I've been <laughs> yeah, doing a lot more than that too. <laughs> But it's all good. Yeah, that's what, yeah, <laughs> so excited, super, super excited to have you on. I'm glad I did finally. It's, 
I hope it's not the last time I'm going to have you on the show. Cheers, Habibi. Uh, to, Thank to you so many much. Of friendship, Habib Elman. Thank you. And, and you know, um, it's, not, it's not your typical, uh, this is what I'm doing in, in my life in Dubai. And this is how I'm, you know, making my money. Or this is how I keep my body fit. No, it's, it's, it's clearly not. <laughs> something, something about the soul, you know. It's just a conversation about the soul, really. Yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to talk about at the end. But, and for me, ultimately, I started this podcast, and I just to wrap up real quick, is because I, wanted, I enjoy having conversations with people at a level that I, it's not common to have. You know, you and I have always had really interesting chats. Um, and I think when it comes down to how you spend your life, is that you should you should engage in some form of like uh, thought experiments and then thought exchange with people, your partner, your friends, your parents, because what else are you going to do if not just like observe what's around you and analyze it and then do something about it in one way or another. And like, uh, it's rare to have like cool thought partners. So I'm glad to have you on the show. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and just one last thing to the readers, read to the to the listeners. listeners. Read, read, yeah. Read, 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 read. Yeah. And less TV and social media. That's that's Indeed. really important. Habibi, Rabbi Allah. The next one. We thank everyone for watching. Peace.